Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Outnumber the Podcast. If there's anything that Audrey and I know, it's that taking care of yourself, take, making time for mom and time for mom and dad together is crucial to your sanity and happiness. But if there's another thing we know, it's how hard it can be to get yourself away from your kids. They need constant care and nourishment. They need their moms. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about how to make this happen in the form of overcoming separation anxiety. When your kids get stressed out, sometimes when even you get stressed out, because you're going to leave your kids, there's a lot of things going on. And there are a few tips that we can share with you to help you prepare for these times and help make this separation seamless for you and your kids, even the ones that seem to need a little bit of extra comfort and care. So take a listen to today's episode on separation anxiety. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. everyone welcome back to outnumbered we're episode 61 and today we're talking about something that um is a concern for every mom and every kid at some point and that's separation anxiety so getting stressed out when you're going to be separated from your kids and i think that it really affects kids and it can sometimes affect affect moms too so we're going to be talking about that today all right, I'm going to start us off with a little story about being separated from my kid and i'm sure that many moms have a story like this that they could share or they can relate to. So mine's a little embarrassing because, well, here, I'll get into it. So my husband and I took um, our 10-year-old and the baby, and we went, uh, we're going on a date night. And so sometimes if it doesn't work out right, kids, older kids working and blah, 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 sometimes we take a babysitter along on our dates to help with the baby. So first of all, we went to Costco, and then we're going to go out to eat. Well, so at Costco, I was sitting, I was decided we weren't going to all go in together, but I would come in later with the kids after I'd nursed the baby, just the situation of how, you know, how it was going to go. So my husband and the 10 year old walked into Costco and she turned around and walked back out with the card so that we could come in later um, together, me and the kids. You have to have the card to get in. So as you all know, Costco parking lots are pretty big. (laughs) And this child isn't particularly known for her attention to detail and paying attention. (laughs) And she, so she got turned around and she turned the wrong way coming out of the door at Costco and was heading across the parking lot the other way. So after about mm, six, seven minutes, I send my, after they left, I send my husband a text and I say, is the 10 year old still with you? (laughs) (laughs) and he sends back this panic text no is she not with you and so we (laughs) we both start um sprinting around well see I'm in the car nursing the baby so I pull him off and I get out of the car and I stand up on top of my car (laughs) and I'm looking around for my errant 10 year old walking around and my husband sprints from the very back of Costco out the door and he's looking around and so I spot her and we get her collected back together she was quite distraught and she was kind of upset and I said well what were you going to do and she said well I I was just thinking about going back in and having somebody call 
call you, call your cell phone. And I said, okay. And you know, my cell phone number, right? And she says, yeah, yeah. And she quotes our zip code. (laughs) (laughs) Poor thing. I don't know if it was because she's was, you know, a little bit flustered or she didn't really know my cell phone number, but it felt, made me feel like kind of a bad mom. And so I came home and I wrote my husband and my and our three teenagers that house cell phones. I wrote all our cell phone numbers on our chalkboard in our homeschool room. And I said, anybody who can memorize these numbers gets a dollar per number they memorize. <laughs> so that's that what my kids are working on right now is memorizing mom, dad, and three sibling cell phone numbers. So smart. Yeah. And when they get stressed out, like they're less likely to remember things anyway, right? And you're usually stressed out if they're separated from mom and dad, right? Yeah. 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 And I actually had to um, admit that I don't have my three teenager cell phone numbers memorized because I have them on speed dial and I just press a number or, you know, the contact, you click on their name. So I actually don't have my three teenagers cell phone numbers memorized. So I I'm working on memorizing them along with my, my little kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who needs to memorize numbers? You got a cell phone, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think I need to be as prepared as they are. Agreed. And that's pretty stressful too, for a kid that, that that's that old, right? You're thinking, Oh my gosh, she's probably not going to get lost in a parking lot. Like somebody snatched her or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so scary. So scary. Okay. So there you have it. Oh, I could tell another story about losing a kid just today, but um, it, it's full of stress when you get separated from a kid, even if it's planned and not, not a lost child or a wandering child. So um, I know most of us have probably had a child deal with some form of separation anxiety or another, um, whether they're being left with a babysitter or at a daycare, going to school, going to church, a friend's house, sometimes their first nights away from their parents, whether they're three or 13 can be stressful um, when traveling, even with parents, because everything's new, you know, so they can get stressed out and and not sleep as well. So lots of different scenarios that uh, can cause a little bit of separation anxiety, but we're going to talk about them all today. And likewise, there's lots of reasons to help your kid overcome separation anxiety. It helps improve their self-esteem. It helps improve their confidence levels, um, feelings of independence, They don't have to rely on others for their happiness. They can kind of create their own happiness with with their own thing going on. And a side note, a certain amount of separation anxiety is completely normal and developmentally developmentally appropriate and completely expected. It's something that we need to help our kids learn how to work through. Yeah, I thought that was important to note that um, just because your child seems stressed out when you leave them with a babysitter doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. Like that's totally normal. In fact, it's it's actually a part of their developmental uh, process. As I was reading through this, um, is to feel a little clingy or a little nervous. Um, in fact, it shows that they have um, a, a great bond with you and a good attachment with you. Um, there are some serious. Um, disorders with kids who have had trauma in their life where they have some sort of attachment disorder. And oftentimes they don't have uh, that same separation anxiety because they don't know what's coming to them, you know? And so, um, so it's actually a good thing that your child gets, gets nervous when they're separated from you. Oh, that's such a good point. I love that. So today we're going to talk about a few ways to both prevent excessive um, separation anxiety and also help a child overcome it. So uh, just a side note, there is a slight possibility that a child can suffer from a extreme version of this, just like there's 
uh, you know, normal anxiety before a test and extreme anxiety that requires like medication and therapy. There's also an extreme separation anxiety that again, often comes from some sort of trauma, neglect, um, or other mental illnesses or diseases. Um, so just be aware of that, but, um, you can look it up. We're going to, uh, include some resources at the end where if you think it's unusual and it's lasted for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's really affecting your child on a day-to-day basis, then that is a possibility. Just FYI. Yeah. And if your kid, if you do suspect that your kid has that, see that they get the necessary help that they need. All right. So, um, if you know that you have an upcoming separation with your kids, um, impending and, and who doesn't? We all have something come up. You can start by leaving your babies in the care of others occasionally. Both Bunny and I are stay-at-home moms, and our kids, but but our kids get watched by siblings and dad all the time because we travel or because we have work hours or you know other other things come up. Um, so when you leave your babies in the care of somebody else, um, it's good for you to be refreshed and get some time by yourself. We've talked a lot about this in other episodes. It's good for the baby too, to learn how to be able to survive away from mom. Yeah, definitely. And I think both of us are, are considered, you know, more on the attachment side of things like we baby wear and like to nurse for a long time, et cetera. Um, but it's also very important to allow your child to gain that independence, um, so that they don't get super stressed out when you do finally leave them for school or whatever it ends up being. Right. Um, so before I had big kids that could watch my littles, um, I would trade babysitting with friends and family members. Um, and that would often prevent, at least I think, help prevent separation anxiety in my kids because they were used to being left with someone that wasn't mom. Um, and it also is really helpful because it gives me a break. So I was thinking specifically about my my extra cranky babies. I had one baby in particular that was really colicky. And so it was hard to find someone to watch him because he was a hard baby. Um, but it was extra essential because I was so overwhelmed with him. It was just like hour after hour of fussiness and trying to calm him and trying to, you know, figure out what was wrong. And so, um, I worked really hard to try to find ways for me to escape from my own sanity and then also to make him realize that I was always going to come back no matter, no matter what. Yeah, that is true. And that you could be refreshed when you came back to him. Yeah, exactly. Be a better mom because I'm not so stressed out and overwhelmed hour after hour after hour. So our second tip is to start small. So if your kid is already exhibiting some sort of separation anxiety, let's say you really want to leave them at the daycare at the gym, but your kid won't even leave the room without you, right? So you start small. So for example, um, having, uh, you know, sometimes it's dad. Like you mentioned, (laughs) sometimes the kid is so attached to just mom because mom stays home with them that they don't even like being left alone with dad. So that's a great start. A great start is just leaving for like 15 minutes at a time, you know, having a neighbor, um, watch them while you like go pick up a package or something super duper simple. So they realize, Oh, I didn't even realize you were gone. And now I'm, and now you're back. Um, for me, I've realized that my kids that are on really good, consistent sleep schedules tend to have less separation anxiety. And I think it's because they know, Oh, this is the time that I get separated from mom and I go to my own crib and I sleep there. And when I wake up, she's always there. You know, so then when they become toddlers and sometimes resist naps or bedtime, it's just still a reinforcement of, oh, you just go down and you have your little rest. And then when you wake up, we're together again, we can play some more. All right. And as we talked about in our working mom episode, be there for the transitions. They're really, really important times when, when they need you the most. When they wake up at bedtime, 
when they get home from daycare, school, friends' house, wherever they've been away, this goes a long way in helping assure kids that your parent that their parents are there for them. Um, you're there at the most important times when they when they need you the most, and and that that's really big for them. Yes, totally. We talked about those transitions um, in that other episode. I feel like my kids hardly know uh, if I'm home when they're busy playing or doing chores or school or whatever. It's those transition times when they really need to see me. So all of a sudden they get hungry for lunch and they're like, where's mom? You know, I'm hungry. Or all of a sudden they're tired. It's like, oh, I need my mom, you know, put put me to bed. So the yeah. schedule shifts and they realize, oh, you know, I need, I need to touch base with someone. And it's okay if it's a sitter or someone else, but um, especially bedtime uh, and waking up time, I think are especially helpful for kids to see you and know that they're, that you're there for them. Um, our next tip, number four, is to be aware of special times in their life when the kids need you more. So going back again to that survival times episode, things like illnesses, everybody feels crappy when they're sick, right? And so they want their mom and dad there. Um, teething, uh, other stressful periods of, of periods of time in their life, like starting school or um, gosh, I don't know, anything that's out of the ordinary that uh, makes them want to kind of check in with you to make sure things are okay. So when those kind of things happen, to just be extra aware that you need to be giving them reassurance, right? So that that separation anxiety doesn't come up. Right. Getting, getting a new sibling is another time that kids kind of yeah. get clingy and need you and don't want to be separated from you because there's this new little creature, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. And then my kids have needier times like in the day if they're hungry, um, if they're tired, like you were talking about a good sleep schedule. Um, so if, if I can keep, if we can keep their needs met through the day and like you said, on a sleep schedule, that helps them also to be better prepared for transitions and for times when mom's not there. Okay, number five is be aware that of children, certain children might need more careful handling when being left. Some kids are real happy, skip away from mom, never look back, and some need extra assurances. I know that I have said um, plenty of times to some of my kids um, when I'm going out on date night with dad, I will come back. I will be back. <laughs> and other kids, they, they don't even care. Like they don't even think that far ahead or they don't, they don't need that extra reassurance. But that has helped some of my maybe needier kids that mommy will come back. <laughs> so yeah, I totally agree with that. For kids that are extra clingy, I think it's important to just beware that they, be aware that they are different. Their personalities are different and that that's okay, right? I'm kind of a very independent person that wants to try to teach my kids to be independent as well. And I've realized that some of them just don't have that personality and to not push them when they're uncomfortable, it can make things worse. Right. Yeah, that's right. So there are some kids that I've noticed that are, um, especially clingy just with me and maybe it's just cause I'm home with them during the day. So sometimes with them, I will start just leaving them with dad more often. I know it sounds silly cause it's their dad, but, uh, if they're just on me all the time, I'm like, you know what? Mom has to go to the store. You're going to go play a game with dad. And they become comfortable with that. And then maybe we can graduate up to leaving them with a family member, you know, an aunt or a grandma for an hour or two, and then a little bit longer, and then maybe a sitter they're familiar with. And then you can graduate to something like a daycare at church or gym. But I think so many of us want to just, you know, run to the gym, drop a kid off in the, in the daycare there and run off and never have problems. But if you've got a kid like that, that's kind of a recipe for disaster because they're just so uncomfortable. They don't know what to do and they tend to be really really upset. So, 
So uh, tip number six is to watch your own emotions and attitude. So I know that most of us miss our kids when we leave as well, but if we are weepy and talking about how much we're going to miss our kids and, oh, I, you know, I just can't believe I'm going to leave you for a day or something, that is not going to help anyone, right? It's going to make you more upset. It's going to make your child more, more upset. And I think, uh, in, in my personal experience, in a normal scenario, this could be the most important factor in keeping a child's anxiety at bay is your own attitude. So something like, oh my gosh. I'm so excited I get to go on this trip. You guys are going to have so much fun with dad. I'm so jealous, right? Make it about them. Yeah, just keep yourself positive and upbeat about the whole scenario and they will take a cue from your attitude. Right, exactly. And I've also noticed, it's maybe a particular weakness in me, that sometimes right at the moment of separation, when I've got a kid clinging to me, I feel like so impatient just to get them off of me and get started on my whatever I've got going on that I can also, I I also need to be careful of my emotions of exasperation and impatience (laughs) and and frustration at at those separation times as well. Um, So those are some emotions I need to particularly watch myself for is not to, because then that makes it harder for them with the last thing that mom has expressed to them is frustration that they won't let go of her hand. (laughs) That totally doesn't help them. I'm totally guilty of that too. And, and when it comes to like uh, trips that are longer than a day, I tend to get stressed out because I'm trying to pack and pull all these last minute things together. You know, all the things that have to happen before mom leaves. And sometimes my kids might need a little extra cuddles and I'm just like, Oh, I have to do this and I have to do this. So I'm right there with you um, to try to, yeah, to try to just stay positive and kind about the whole thing. Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. (laughs) Okay. So tip number seven is give kids enough time to prepare for the separation. Now, this is kind of a little bit tricky. You're going to have to find the proper amount of time for you and your specific kids. And that might even mean something I do often is tell older kids before I tell younger kids about some event. And I'll say, you know what, guys, I want you to know about this so you can start preparing mentally and, you know, get stuff together, whatever. We're not going to tell the little kids until the day of or the day before. So you have to find, you know, with your kids' ages and their personalities, what is the proper amount of time to to tell them. But then don't just spring it on them as you drive up to the library. Hey, you guys are going to go in here with your older sister for an hour and I'm going to go have coffee across the street. I mean, (laughs) that is not enough time as well. So I find my kids um, do best if I give them, okay, in, it depends on the kid, but you could say, okay, tomorrow such and such is going to happen, or maybe they, they need more time or less time than that. And even, okay, at three o'clock and kids don't have a good sense of time. So in about an hour, this is going to happen. And just, you know you and you know your kids. And so find the proper amount of time that works for letting them know, even even if it has to be different amount of times for different kids. Does that make sense? Yes. This is an excellent point that I didn't think about because my older kids, if I'm going somewhere, I want them to be aware and prepared way ahead of time because they're going to be, they're going to shoulder some of the responsibility of me being gone. Right. My younger kids, 
are just going to either stress out or be ridiculously excited and useful to me, useless to me for the entire yeah. time. You know, so if it's something exciting, they're like, oh, is it now? Is it time now? Is it time now? Is it, you know, it drives me crazy. I know. I know. If it's something a little bit scary, then, then they lament and they cry and I don't want you to go, you know? So yes, definitely, definitely, you know, experiment. You guys have probably all been in that experience, in that situation where you're like, we're going to go to grandma's on Saturday. We're going to swim and have a barbecue and it's going to be really fun. And then for the next four and a half days, <laughs> all anyone can talk about every minute of every hour is going to grandma's house. When is and it having- Saturday? When is it Saturday? <laughs> How many and days is Saturday? And I say three more days. What's a day? <laughs> oh boy. So, um, and heaven forbid if ch- plans change, you know, then it's like, oh, oh my, oh my goodness. goodness. Yes. Forget it. So, yeah, definitely. Each kid has their own perfect um, amount of time to prepare for things like this. And sometimes it's just trial and error as you figure it out. But that's an excellent point. Okay. So tip number eight uh, to – this goes along with watching our own emotions – is to talk the separation up with excitement and, and happiness, you know. So it's very easy to focus on your own stress and anxiety over leaving your children and, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss you so much and how am I going to deal without you? Yeah, that's not helpful because <laughs> then the kids are like, oh, mom's upset. I should be upset. How am I going to deal without her, right? But instead to um, make it all about the fun things that are going to happen. Like, okay, this afternoon mom has to go to a work meeting and you're going to get to stay with the neighbor kid who's so much fun. She's going to bring balloons to play with. You guys are going to have a snack with her. Maybe you can watch a TV show. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous you get to have so much fun with so-and-so, right? Um, that has worked so well for us. I just, and sometimes it's hard for me because I want to tell them, oh, I'm going to miss you. Big hugs, especially on a longer trip. But it's just, especially the little ones, it's just not helpful for their own sense of stability. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You can talk about to your husband how much you're going to miss your kids, but just let the kids see the positive side of it, right? Right. Or you can even say it when they get, you get back, right? Oh, I'm so happy to be home. I missed you guys, you know? Right. Afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so number nine is um, I found it helpful to give especially needy kids something of you to keep with them. So um, I sew a lot for my kids. So, you know, for example, I might say if I was going to be away from them for a day, I would say, why don't you wear that special shirt I made you? And then you can feel like I'm giving you a hug all day long when I'm with you. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe you have a little, I don't know, fill in the blank, a little trinket or something that sits on your bedside table or something. And you can say, you know, whenever you think about mommy and you're feeling about being feeling sad that you want to miss mommy or you're away from her, go give this little trinket a hug or, you know, whatever the thing might be that you can take something of yours and give it to them. I actually read this study the other day that said that spouses, when they're separated, if they sleep in or with the other one's t-shirt, they sleep better at night. So Hey, kids have something about missing, you know, missing you. And if they have something of yours with them, it can help them. I don't know, the smell, the the sight, whatever can help them. So it's not just kids. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then another thought is, um, like you mentioned, going to the gym daycare or something. If it's their very first time being separated, if they can have somebody familiar with them, like a sibling, like, okay, you and your sister are going to go into the gym daycare while mommy goes and exercises. Then at least they have, you know, their security sibling with them or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's tip number nine. Give them a little something from you 
or someone to be with him. And that's why we had so many kids, is we were just basically creating security blankets for each other. <laughs> now you know, secrets out. <laughs> and finally, our last tip, number 10, is to share your own experiences of discomfort with separation with your kids and, and how you dealt with it. So you can give an example. You know, I remember when I was about your age, my mom and dad uh, went to the hospital to have my little sister. And I was kind of scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I didn't remember the last time a sibling had been born and we were staying with grandma and we'd never stayed with her before, that kind of thing. And so what I did was X, Y, Z. I, you know, yeah, held on to mom's t-shirt or I, you know, said a prayer and I felt better or whatever. And then they know that it's not a weird foolish thing to feel that way. They go, oh, everyone when they're little has these these feelings of nervousness that mom and dad might not be coming back and it's going to be okay. They totally will. Um, and it's normal. What I'm feeling is normal. Right, right. It totally validates their feelings and then moves them into solution space. Oh yeah, when mom felt like this, she, here's the mm -hmm. solution. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So my final thoughts are on this are, well, my first thought when Bonnie proposed this episode was, Bonnie, you and I are stay-at-home moms and we homeschool. We're hardly separate from our kids. How could we do an episode on this? Like we're we're not the experts on this, but we do have some experience that we and tips that we shared today. Um every every mom is not with their kid every hour of every day. And it's not healthy, I guess, for moms and to be with their kids 100% of the time. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast. So instead of um having these times, separation times, come up on us and be unprepared. I feel like it's always better to be prepared and to have some forethought on what you're going to do to help your kid get, get through this time. So again, another episode where we want to help you be prepared. Yes, exactly. This can be a really, really anxiety-inducing um, scenario for both mom and child. And we just want to let you guys know that you're not alone. We experience this a lot. And along with this comes mom guilt. And we, trust us. Uh, that is also normal. And we have an episode on that. So go back and listen to our episode on mom guilt. You are not a bad person for leaving your child, whether it be two hours at the daycare or two days or two weeks because you have to take a vacation with your husband because you forgot what he looked like. That is okay. <laughs> it is okay to be separated from your child and they will not turn into serial killers because you left them for a little while or whatever. They will not be dis dissolve into, you know, screaming heaps forever and whatever. It's just... It's important that we get breaks from each other. We're families. We're not, you know, Siamese twins. We can be separated from each other and it can be better for everyone all around if we learn how to do so in a healthy manner. So hopefully this episode was really helpful for anyone who struggles with this anxiety. We are going to um, include one uh, resource in the show notes today. It is a link to um, that real separation anxiety disorder that we talked about, which can be the result of trauma or just a really, really sensitive kid. Uh, so go ahead and read that in case you have any real concerns about what your child is going through. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head over to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other moms find the podcast and receive the help that you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the Podcast. We're always having fun over there too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can always reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.